So if you're an educator and you've seen a project in someone else's classroom or online and you thought, wow, I would love for my kids to be able to do that, and how do I get them to do that? This episode is just for you. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, educators, I'm so excited to finally be able to share someone who is uh, an incredible inspiration of me as an educator. His name is Daryl Wakelam. He's an artist from the UK. He's an educator, uh, a teacher. He also trains educators and kids. Uh, in fact, over a half a million kids have learned from Daryl about how to, to turn the things that are in their mind into creations that they can hold in their hand, often using just those recyclable materials that we come across every day. Welcome to the show today, Daryl. It's fantastic to be here, Chris. It's really lovely to meet you face to face as well after following your amazing work over these last few years. Uh, nice I, to see you. I appreciate that, Daryl. And and definitely, educators, if you haven't already, find Daryl Wakelam on social media at Daryl Wakelam. Uh, that's two L's in Daryl. And of course, that's in the show notes as well. And head to DarylWakelam.com where you can see so many great ideas that, that you use with kids to, to get them creating using paper and cardboard and things, right? Yeah, so I, I actually, I trained as an illustrator many years ago, but when I first started working with children, it sort of made me think back to what I was like as a little boy. And uh, to keep me quiet, I think my parents realized that one of the best ways was to give me some junk and push me <laughs> into a room and let me get on with it. So, yeah, yeah. so I, I kind of I revisit what I did as a child and try to do it with the eyes of an artist and a designer and try and look back at it. Find better ways. Yeah. yeah and, and really, you are a phenomenal artist and, and you just took 50 of your best ideas and released them into a, a great kind of how to step by step book called Art Shape just released in February 2023. Can't wait to, to hear a little bit more about that. But educators are already using uh, cardboard, paper, recyclables, you know, those types of things in their classroom. Now, how have you been able to use those types of things beyond just having the kids make something and then it's, you know, and then it's trash after a while? I mean, you're making, helping kids make art, right? Yeah, I, I think it's it's trying to do it in a more sophisticated way. I think you've hit the nail on the head. You know, junk sculpture sometimes gets a bit of a bad rap you know mm. we've all seen um instances in school where yeah, kids have just got a whole table full of rubbish and loads of it ends up going into landfill and and you know it's just it's a bit of a catastrophe but yeah. what i've tried to do is find a way of doing the same type of work the same excitement the same interest mm -hmm. but trying to make the work a little bit more sophisticated so there's ideas behind it there's certain techniques that work better again that goes back to my own childhood of making things that maybe didn't work you know that mm -hmm. weren't successful so i've tried to look back at them and think you know how could that be made easier? Probably a really obvious example would be, you know, most of us have tried to build a rocket. So we've mm -hmm. stuck a few tubes together and tried to build a space rocket. Yeah. So the one that's in the book is actually attached to a background. So instead of having to worry about it being um, supporting its own weight and, and its own structure, mm. it's attached to a base. So it's three-dimensional, but it's in relief. So you've got the background to it as well. So as soon as you start doing things like that, it not only makes it easier for children, but it also gives them a background to paint and to add things to as well. So there's a benefit 
from both sides of it, which is, you know, that's where I come from. It's a sort of design background as well, really. Yeah. And just listening to that idea, Daryl, I mean, how incredible, uh, just that simple aspect of, of attaching it to that background, making it almost three-dimensional. So it stands up because, yeah, face it, a lot of kids, as they're building something, if that just keeps falling over, you know, they're going to get yeah. discouraged. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to say, I can't be a good artist. And a lot of kids get that false impression that either I am an artist or I cannot do art. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the classic one is just being able to draw, isn't it? So by mm -hmm. the age of, I would say by the age of seven or eight, a kid will have decided themselves whether they are artistic, gifted or not. And that's usually based on their ability to draw something, draw something realistic or to draw cartoons. Right. And obviously with what I'm doing, when I go into a classroom, that means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So the children that are already in that kind of hierarchy of who's who's good and who thinks they're not, mm -hmm. suddenly that whole thing is lifted. And it, there's a there's a real freedom in that for children in mm -hmm. the fact that they suddenly feel like they're as good as someone else that they didn't think they were. And it, it totally changes the kind of feeling about what they're doing, yeah? And I think as well, when you give kids a blank piece of paper and a pencil, it can be quite frightening. Some of them learn that they'll actually get more attention by starting again, rubbing it out, you know, mm -hmm. uh, all of those kind of negative things, if you like. Whereas right. if you give them a piece of cardboard and some scissors and you go, make me something, they sort of tend to do that less. Yeah. So I, I think it's quite an empowering thing as well. Yeah. Now, if an educator is thinking to himself, Daryl, you know, I mean, like, how do, how do I start? What's what are some of the best ways to just really start to get your kids creating, especially when we've already got all these other things that we have to be teaching every day? Yeah, I, I think a great way is obviously to link it to other things that they're learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the projects in the book. They can be standalone projects. They can be just a bit of fun on a rainy day, but they're also projects that you can link to specific themes. And they're kind of worldwide themes. You know, yeah. you can link them to simple, you know, simple masks, simple models, simple sculptures, and they can be linked to all sorts of themes, you know, historical themes, oh, environmental yeah. themes, different cultures from around the world. And a great example of that would be masks, which... Mm -hmm. Uh, the first chapter in the book is all about faces and people and figures. And, you know, masks is a great example. There isn't a single culture throughout history that hasn't either made masks or painted their face. So we've got um, an inbuilt, hardwired desire to be someone else, to pretend to be someone or something else. Yeah. And so that comes out in children. That's why children love dressing up. They love pretending to be animals or monsters. Yeah. And so a simple mask project, something literally that uses one piece of cardboard, can then become a springboard for all of those other ideas and things. So I think linking what you do to some simple story, some simple idea or, or, or a theme that's already exciting for children, then that's a win-win situation you know yeah um I, I i use the comment in the book you know uh it, it's uh it's exciting drawing a roman sword on a piece of paper but it's much more exciting to draw a roman sword from your belt yeah and i think that's a really good expression yeah wow um, it's something i've used yeah it's powerful it's something i've used a lot in training sessions because it gets the point across children 
want to immerse themselves in a subject and feel like it, it's real and it means something to them. So wow. 3D artwork can be a lot more than just a bit of junk sculpture. Yeah, yeah, that's that's incredible, Daryl. Thank you again. Chatting with Daryl Wakelum, head, head to DarylWakelum.com. You can find out about the book, Art Shaped, and you can find about uh, so many other great projects that, that you have available and, and tips and ideas to to really, again, like you just said, it's not just uh, making a sculpture or making something. You can connect that then to to history. You can connect that to literacy. And, and I know you've done a lot of different things, like like when it's reading month, to connect that sculpture aspect, that that building, that creating to to stories. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny you should say that actually because obviously World Book Day. I don't know whether that's an international thing, but our World Book Day happens just in a few weeks' time, and I mean that's a really good opportunity again. Mm -hmm teachers to not only big up the literacy aspect but also mm -hmm. to focus in on illustrators and on artists you know illustrators and artists are such a big part of children's books particularly as yeah. you go down lower in the school um and so it's a perfect opportunity to to try and you know get some of those creative ideas wedged firmly into the into the kids learning and and you know using bits of of card and simple materials is a great way to to inspire them to be creative and artistic yeah so yeah. hopefully there'll be a bit of that going on in a few weeks <laughs> I, here I, in the uk <laughs> I, yeah and, and again right there uh daryl you are uh, an uk author an educator you see a lot of things a little bit different because uh, uk education european education often takes a, a little more foundational aspect saying art is really important. Tell us about that and maybe how it's a little bit different than than some other place in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm not, you know, an expert on on how things are taught in the US, but when, when I see stuff online, I can see that there's a lot more links made to technology and to science and to ingenuity and invention i think that that does happen to an extent in the uk but we've also got a very sort of traditional old-fashioned kind of art school type of, of learning as well which you know obviously there's a place for both but yeah. you can you can definitely see some differences and i think that's the great thing about the way we connect online is that we learn from each other and yeah. we try and you know to be honest, steal those best ideas and spread them around a little bit, you know, and try and try and use those in, in education here as well. But yeah. it's very much dependent on on the teacher, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the individual teacher and what their confidence and skills are. Mm -hmm. And that's partly the reason, you know, why I was really into doing it, putting a book together, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time. A lot of people have said along the way, it would be great if you got some of these core ideas, you know, somewhere where we could just browse them and use them. Mm -hmm. Because a, a lot of teachers uh, aren't confident about creative subjects. It's not right. something they learn a lot about in their training. Mm -hmm. And so it's really nice when someone can bring along a few simple effective ideas that they can incorporate into their own practice yeah yeah and, and a lot like you said earlier daryl i mean some people at that young age and, and that happens to teachers too they might have hit that age where they thought i'm not an artist i'm not creative yeah. and and so yeah. um having just some of these these simple tips and again there's 50 ideas in in art shape you got way more you know that you share on social media and on your website and things like that but but this is again it's just a start it's it's something to spring off of because 
sometimes the best projects are looking at someone else's idea and saying, hey, I can tweak that. I can adjust that for Absolutely. my kids. I can I can yeah. scale it yeah. up maybe for, for that one kid in my class that, that it really clicked with. Yeah, that's, that's a massive part of the book because what I didn't want to do was do a craft book where it was step by step, here's where we make this, then the next page it was a totally different project. All of the projects are sort of linked in some way. They use similar skills, they use similar materials, mm -hmm. and there's a jump-off point. So, for example, a good example of that would be there's a – in one of the projects I make like a galleon, so like, a, you know, like an old-fashioned sailing ship. Yeah. But the one I make start, starts off really simply, but it ends up being quite an elaborate model. But if you'd got younger children, you could just do the first three stages. You could just jump off and paint what you've made, yeah? Right. You don't have to complete the recipe. So if you think about it almost like a recipe book, mm -hmm. if you're not very confident and you're a novice, you can follow the ingredients and the step-by-step -step process perfectly and you can succeed. Mm -hmm. But if you're quite confident or if you've already got a creative background, mm -hmm. then you can start adding your own ingredients, which is exactly what you yeah. just said. You can start tweaking it like you would a recipe and you end up with your own thing and then that becomes yours to take forward that's that's the absolute core of what i've been trying to do that's awesome and and you've done this again for for many many years you've worked with kids you've worked with educators to help them to be more creative to help those kids be more creative you've helped kids actually get those skills that frankly less and less as they spend more time online and digital that even just uh, kids entering school in their early years they're not adept at using scissors and, and even using their fingers to, to do much beyond uh, swiping and sliding on a screen. Yeah, that's massive. And, and like, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We love technology. All of us love technology. Yeah. I, I'm astounded by it every day. But there has to be a place for your own creative invention as well. It's a bit like you know, the, the games that kids play on these days are so imaginative compared to what I saw as a young boy. Yeah. And I would have loved I would have loved it. I would have been absolutely, you know, crazy for it. But at the same time, there's a real, real need for us to actually be inventive and creative ourselves in yeah. our own minds with, without any other stimulus. Yeah. And that's what children are best at. So you know, we really need to bring those children up so that they don't lose that capability. I still sometimes feel like I'm still seven because I have the ability to think like that yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, being with being with children for 32 years and working really close with them has kept that seven year old part of myself alive. Yeah. And I think that's really important when you work with children to be able to understand how that feels. And yeah, and, and whether you're an artist or an architect, those skills are still going to be so valuable to uh, have grown up uh, being creative, uh, making things, holding that product, that that finished thing that you put together in your hands. And you can say, I made this. And uh, what a powerful impression that has had, I'm sure, on, on the kids that you've worked with over these years. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's the win of the situation isn't it when to be absolutely frank with you when i go into schools because i've been doing this for a long time i kind of know that the actual making part is going to work i know how to structure it mm -hmm. so that nobody's going to completely fail and think that it's been a waste of time but the actual success of it is that look in that child's face so that child that wasn't expecting something to work 
suddenly holds it up at the end of the day and cannot believe that that is something that they have made with their own two hands. And I think once you've seen that sparkle in someone's eye, it just becomes the thing that you want to see again every day of your life. And I, I think that's a really powerful it's a really powerful thing and i think when you've been moved by it and you've it's affected you yourself either as a child or as an educator you want to instill that in other people i think it becomes a driving force in what you do yeah and daryl i know i know stem education and, and even art education are, are are rapidly changing they're either getting more funding or, or there's going to hit points where uh, they're going to get their funding cut and things like that but if, if you could lay out you know kind of the the future your hope for stem education for art education even the two of them coming together what what would you say that you hope to see happen i just really hope that people continue to understand how powerful the arts in general you know music and dance and drama how how much they give to people the one thing i've quite often said in the this is really you know in the uk but i think it would be something that other people would recognize as well is that you often get decision makers who are choosing where to take funding away from and those same decision makers go home and they put on their favorite piece of music or they go to the theater or they put their favorite suit on they go to the cinema they they watch their favorite actor what they forget is every single person that is responsible for all of those things was switched on at school they had that creative part of themselves inspired by someone when they were a child. And if that doesn't happen, then all of those beautiful things that we have in our life start to disappear and erode. And I think that really needs to be a, you know, a lesson learned. You know, these people don't make that connection. I do because I've seen it happen and lots of educators do, but the people that make decisions need to understand the power of what those creative things, those are the things that make us feel. So every day when we come across, you know, those pieces of music that make us feel 15 again, yeah. those films that make us feel like they did, it did when we first fell in love, that those things are what we rely on to make us feel human yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're they're, they're yeah. massively important yeah, yeah. massive and, and and just thinking myself i mean those same people that are designing and, and making those automobiles that we drive in as, as high tech as possible where it still comes down to us looking at them and saying wow i really love that artistic aspect of, of this car or how it looks and the, the comfort that it makes me feel when i'm inside it and listening to the sound system and all those things working together are so important and the more that we can we can make sure that our kids are getting both aspects of that is is so so vital so important now daryl wakelam again uh, great chat with you a uh, brand new book art shaped again head to darylwakelam.com you can find out how to get a copy for yourself it's great again uh, not just to use as a recipe book but to help you become that that better chef to create some some great meals of learning in your classroom uh daryl any other last thoughts for for educators who are maybe just thinking you know how do i start and how do i do this or how do i do it even better than i'm doing it with my kids I think use what's available. So the big thing that, that teachers and particularly young teachers have got over what, what we had is that they've got this fantastic thing that we're sitting in front of right now. They've got the internet, they've got connection. They can, you know, they can message an artist on the other side of the world, you know, yeah. and say, we'd like to use your work. You know, we want the children to learn about you. We want to know about you. This is the kind of stuff that wasn't 
we weren't able to do even 20 years ago. It, yeah, if you want to make something like what I make, you don't even have to follow what I'm doing. You just type, you know, I want to make a, a, a giant cardboard crocodile. If you type that into the internet, you'll find that someone somewhere has made a giant cardboard crocodile. <laughs> and, you know, use what you've got, you know, yeah. use your eyes, you look for stuff, you know, yeah. seek out the best. Yeah. And again, that's going to make things even better for your kids. And when you throw an idea like a giant cardboard crocodile, which is definitely <laughs> something that our kids would come up with, you know, they're going to come up with, uh, you know, 30 different iterations in a 30 student class of what that giant cardboard crocodile looks like. And then you're going to take that crocodile and, and you're going to start, you know, make it into a time lapse video and a, and a stop motion yeah, video. Yeah. And, and you're, you're going to use it as a, as a class mascot and, and the school announcements and, and and all of a sudden now those that learning has transformed itself into so many other things. Um, Daryl, just incredible all the work that you're doing and and educators as you create some stuff. Definitely tag Daryl on social media and, and he'll he'll check out your projects. I'm sure and and uh, maybe even give you a few bits of advice on on a way to to help some kids make them even even better. But Daryl Wakelum, again, thanks for for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's really nice to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You too. Uh, always been a big fan of yours and a uh, real treat to be able to talk with you about everything and, and about your new book. So educators, definitely uh, head to uh, DarylWakelum.com, grab a copy of Art Shape for yourself and 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 then share it with those other educators at your school to get everybody, every kid in your, in your school creating. Again, educators, thanks for listening to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you leave a review, that helps more educators to find about great stories of, of great educators like Daryl doing incredible things. Uh, if you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. I'm always happy to help you out as well. And until next time, just keep on doing that most important job, helping our kids to be more engaged with their learning, be more creative, and uh, being ready for those amazing futures that those kids have.